Scott and Liam versus Evil. And welcome to another episode of Scotland Liam vs Evil. I am one of your co-hosts here, Scott Howley, and another end of this call, as always, is Liam Rafferty. We are back with episode 78, and we have went for something right off of Netflix that has had everybody talking when it came out, everyone pissing their pants for how brilliant this film is, and everyone gushing to say that they thought it was one of the greatest horror movies of 2018. So we decided to watch it, review it, and discuss it for you perfect ears. <laughs> perfect ears? What, what perfect people ears. that? Like artists that are missing a slight wee part of their year. Yeah, I don't, I don't judge. I don't judge people on the, on uh, everybody's perfect. It sounded like yeah. you were totally judging folks yeah. with less than perfect ears. Well, we don't let people with less than perfect ears listen to our podcast. <laughs> no, that, that's on you. I, I, I'm up for people <laughs> with no ears listening if they want. To be honest, you'll probably enjoy it more. Uh, <laughs> this is episode seventy-eight. Scott and Liam versus Apostle. Thomas. Your sister. She's gone. These people, they're blasphemers. A cult. A disease. Bring her home. Name? Thomas Richardson. I dream of a world in which each waking day we rise equal. This island. It's our paradise. We have an intruder on our land. We have to find him. They've seen things. Who are you? He shall be cleansed according to the edict of this land. The promise of the divine is but an illusion. God is pain. God is suffering. Beware false prophets which come to you in sheep's clothing, but inwardly they are ravening wolves. Let us begin. a drifter on a dangerous mission to rescue his kidnapped sister tangles with a sinister religious cult on an isolated island. This is directed by Gareth Evans, who directed the Raid franchise. Have you ever watched any of them? I've watched the first one, yeah. I didn't know that absolutely this is the same guy. The first one was fantastic and I'd always meant to pick up the second one. See, I'm the exact same. Like, I fucking loved the first one, but obviously not enough to watch two or three. Yeah. That's <laughs> <laughs> uh, that thing, though, isn't it? Like, action movies are great, but I'm not really... I mean, to me, they're just all the same, aren't they? They don't really... I, like, you wonder what they've done differently in two and three that they couldn't have just done in one. Yeah. We're saying that, I bet you they're both absolutely brilliant. <laughs> uh, it stars Dan Stevens, Richard Elfin, Paul Higgins, Bill Milner... Uh, <laughs> I'm just reading names, but the only one that really matters is Martin Sheen, and yet I can't see his name there. I don't remember Martin Sheen being in this movie. Michael Sheen? <laughs> is it Michael Sheen? I don't... What, Charlie Sheen's dad? No, no. <laughs> right, I... <laughs> the, guy, the guy that is basically Simon Pegg, but with dark hair. Michael Sheen. I that was... So it is. I thought that was. Um, there, I may be calling him Andy Circus throughout my whole notes. <laughs> <laughs> you may or you will be calling him Andy Circus. Yeah, I, I will. I will be calling him Andy Circus. Yeah. Well, yeah. <laughs> right, you're right. That, that totally isn't Andy Circus now you say it. And he is like Simon Pegg with that care. You're totally right. He's identical to Simon Pegg. Like, I imagine them both owning the same face. Do you ever see them in the same place? Uh, I have never seen the same place, no. Unless they've been in the same film, because that's a possibility, because they're both British, aren't they? I actually think they're, they're just bringing out a movie called Slaughterhouse Rules that both of them are in. Yeah, well, there, there you go. Well, until, until we watch it and they're in the same scene at the same time, they both exactly. are owners of the same face. We don't know that Simon Pegg didn't work twice as hard on that movie. 
how, how do you know uh, Michael Sheen didn't work twice as hard? Why is he well, Simon that's, Pegg? That, well, that's the, that's the thing, isn't it? Who's the real person? Who, so you think it's Simon Pegg? Well, I think he's more famous, so it would make sense for them him to be the real person. But Michael Sheen was married to Kate Beckinsale, and that instantly oh, no makes way. him Yep. i seen in the paper today that Kate Beckinsale was banging Jack Whitehall. What is it with her and ugly guys? <laughs> makes me think that I, I could have had a chance with Kate Beckinsale. <laughs> Maybe that's the whole point of it. Maybe our PR team are like, listen, just pump all the uggos just so that they all, they all think they've got a chance for you. And sure as fate, you're sitting there outside Glasgow Think, yeah. thinking, yeah, Could Kate Beckinsale. <laughs> yeah, I think it, Michael Sheen's actually got a daughter or son. He has some sort of child to Kate Beckinsale. Oh, really? Yeah. I think they got That's what really you do. Well. Yeah. As in, as, in, as in they two, not him and the, the child. <laughs> you don't know what the relationship with the child's like. <laughs> uh, so yeah, this is Apostle. This was, for the podcast, was this a first watch for you? Uh, this was a first watch, yes. It was an only watch. Yeah. Oh, have you just watched it once? Just the uh, once. I wish I had, because my opinion in this film has totally changed from first watch to second watch. Right, I'll just start from the beginning of my notes here. Now, this was a couple of weeks ago that I actually watched this movie. So, again, I'm going to try and remember what what the hell I'm talking about. But, basically, I had no idea what this movie was about at all. I went in full blind. But, like I said, I had seen a lot of positive response for it. And at the time, I hadn't seen any bad reaction at all, in fact. So, I was quite uh, hyped and quite optimistic about going in and watch this movie. Um, yeah. I believe you'll hear in my notes that that changes as we go through <laughs> See that's different. Mine and my first watch, I still really enjoyed it, and I, I thought, okay, it kind of lives up to some of the hype. But on second watch, which we'll get into, it's just kind of slowly crumbled away, <laughs> and it's not it's not worth the hype at all. But cool. Hey, um, I start off poor wee sheep man. That's what I'm. At. That's what I'm beginning. There's a wee sheep on the boat that's. Just a poor wee sheep, you know? They're just like dead meat. <laughs> then it's like, well, a guy does intervene though, but he picks it up and fucks it off the boat. Like, oh, that's. that's yeah, as, in, as in, he picks it up and throws it off the boat. He does yeah, not throws it, yeah. fuck the sheep <laughs> off the boat. Yeah, it's not that kind of, it's not that kind of island. <laughs> um, but now, <laughs> that that was definitely a person dubbing the baths for the sheep. Do you, like, do you know what you know? It was definitely like a going, bah, bah. That wasn't a real sheep making the noise. And this this is a theme that I will re- revisit quite a few times throughout this movie. I'm positive that's people. I don't know why they would do it, but they did. So did you say it was dubbed by the Baz? As in, the <laughs> no. podcast under the stairs? No, the Baz, the, the sheep noises, were overdubbed by I, people. Oh, I honestly thought you meant the Baz. And I thought, that's quite mean that, you're, that it's just sounding <laughs> like the, the Baz just goes, nah, all the time. <laughs> Oh, it does. <laughs> Shots fired for Scott. <laughs> to be honest, I didn't actually notice that. I was quite engrossed in the, the film at that point because it looks beautiful. The the opening shot of the train crossing the water and all the kind of lead up to this bit where the guy then fucks the sheep overboard. It looks so good that I was fully engrossed in it that I was, I was ready to take this movie seriously. As opposed to thinking there was just some man dressed as a sheep in a studio somewhere, <laughs> just firing out the bars. See, that's the thing. I don't know why they would do it, but I'm I'm 100 positive they did. <laughs> See, right? Would you go to like a cult island? Like, would you leave all your books and writings of the mainland and go live a completely different lifestyle? Am I Liam now, or am I Liam back in like, early 90s? Uh, no, you're you're Liam because now. I. I, I I don't know if I'd want to leave all my writings just now. <laughs> <laughs> Back in the mainland. <laughs> no, I mean, I, I'm, sure, I'm sure this just means like actual like Bibles and like science books and stuff. Like just going and literally just fucking everything you've you've ever known and just saying, right, this is this is how I live now on this island. This is it. Yeah, I'd definitely just leave the Bible and go to an island. Yeah, me too. Although on the boat, as soon as a guy started fucking a sheep, I'd be like, right, this isn't for me. <laughs> But, uh, but, this, is, this is way too far. But would you fuck a sheep? If you were a sheep, if you were another sheep, would you fuck a sheep? <laughs> right. You bet your ass I would. <laughs> but, so you don't need to pay any tax, but you do have to listen to Andy Serkis preach to you a couple of times a day. You still in? <laughs> Michael Sheen? Yeah. <laughs> yes. Although, no. that That's that's a wee problem I had with watching this movie back. The whole island's meant to be that they're free men. 
They're free men. They can do what they want. And yet, they have to go to like church and they also have a bedtime. <laughs> yeah. And there's something distinctly less free about having a bedtime. Yeah. But up until that point, then, yeah, That's I good. could totally live in isolation. Um, there's there's reasonable graphics in this movie, like when the, somebody gets their throat slit at the start. But it wasn't overly gory, but it was reasonable. <laughs> Such an on-the-fence opinion. Yeah. <laughs> See, I don't even remember somebody getting their throat slit at the start. No, well, it must be a blood-draining ritual. There's somebody filling up jars. I have my notice, blood-draining ritual. Oh, fill up your jar. She doesn't... Yeah, sorry, she put uh, the blade in her arm. Where our main character's watching through the window and the, there's the lassie that came on the boat with him. Uh, and they're basically like kind of bloodletting. Oh, yeah. They all get given a jar when they get to the island, which I thought was for piss. <laughs> but apparently it is to collect the blood. Right, and he drops some blood on the floor and then we see some sort of evil dead creature under the floorboards as well. Yep. Mm. Which is quite well done. Yeah. See, the thing about these no-tax communities, though, right, this is a kind of a sidestep again, thinking about if you actually went to one. They only last for so long. Because people start to feel like they're doing more than others and so entitled to more, you know? You can't just, like, that's that's when you start with your, your wage system and your class system and your entitlement and nobody wants to, like, you know, the guy who's, like, cutting down all the trees to get the, the wood for the fire doesn't want to do the same as the guy who's, like, fucking dusting the front paths. It's like, that's a bit fucking much in it. You know what I mean? I'm fucking lumberjacking out here and this fucking country's walking about with a broom all day. <laughs> Can you imagine if it did actually work, though, that you go to that island and everyone is equal? It would just be, like, three weeks of just shagging <laughs> and cannibalism and then there'd be one guy left. Yeah. Do you not remember that that, would... that programme, The Island? It was, was it called The Island? I can't remember. It was, it was on BBC Four or something and it was like, the 30 people that went to an island, uh, one of the Outer Hebrides up, uh, off the coast of Scotland and it was supposed to run for a whole year and it ran for like four episodes and then they, they cancelled it because it turned into fucking King of the Rapists so quick. Like, <laughs> I think we've discussed this on an episode before but honestly, like, see, within like two months they had made, they'd managed to make their own booze and then there was just ten guys sitting with one lassie just started talking, asking if she likes anal and I'm like, holy fuck, somebody's sitting <laughs> on the island that saved these people. <laughs> <laughs> I'm thinking King of the Rapist sounds like a fucking brilliant TV program. <laughs> Sack Big Brother and Love Island. Just King of the Rapist. King of the Rapist, they just take, they take 20 convicted rapists, put them all in the house, and put one, it doesn't need to be a female, it could be anyone, just put one sexually willing <laughs> uh, human in the house with them. And then basically whoever lasts is the king of the rapist. That's a horrible that's a horrible concept for a program. Yeah, and you were completely wrong anyway because you can't put a sexually willing person in because then nobody's raping Andy, so it needs to be against the well, world. Yeah. But they should put in what, somebody who's like a, a judo master. Willing, a judo, a judo yeah, master. Then they can fight back. So then at the end of it it's either the king of the rapist or the king of judo. Yeah. <laughs> that's that's an odd one. And by sexually willing I just meant that they were able to have sex as opposed to wanting to have sex. So what I meant was Alive, <laughs> which which makes the program even worse. Oh, fucking skip this! Skip King of the Rapist. <laughs> right. Uh, so basically, he draws a map of the homestead where he thinks his sister might be, because this is the point. He's went over. He, he's went over the island because uh, his sister has went to the island, and she either did she write him a letter that she's worried or scared, or did he just think she's not come back for it? He's trying to go and find her, um, and he goes over thinking he's yeah. going to rescue her. The cult folk. Uh, sent a ransom letter oh, yes, because they're from, a, they're from a rich family and because the main guy Thomas Richardson has kind of disappeared uh, they think he's the best guy to go because nobody knows he's related to her, nobody knows who he is and he, he should fit in in the cult, which it, on second watch is fucking nonsense because on the boat on the way over they're talking about how, oh brother I've not seen you at any church meetings and so he's the only one there on the full island that the other people don't recognise. Yeah. And yet when they think there's an imposter, not one person goes, it's that guy. Yeah, yeah. yeah it's kind of a loophole, I suppose, isn't it? That it, it, uh, rears its head in, in second watches. Um, but see if your sister's daft enough to head off to a cult on her own. On her head, be it. She was kidnapped. Oh, well, that's, that's different then, isn't it? <laughs> it's just because they thought right, we could actually get money from her. So I think they kidnapped her from the, the mainland, but made it out as if she had went there by choice. Right. 
on rewatch that there's a lot of kind of plot holes there's a lot of bits in it that when you're actually then you're not caught up in the first watch I was caught up in all the hype so I wasn't really paying attention to that yeah. but then second watch I'm like what do you mean what church meetings she said oh we didn't see any meetings but the, the three guys that are running this cult are on that island who's running the church meetings in the mainland yeah, is there like a recruitment process back in the mainland and yeah, then they're coming like, through one port, and then surely then it's only got to get like a small section of people who are going to actually come over this island. Yeah, it doesn't make sense. And when she gets to the island, a little girl runs up as if she's like Mister. She's known her for ages. Yeah. And hugs her, but it's like, well, how how is that little kid on the island? How does she know you? You would have came with her at the same time. There's a lot of kind of plot holes that I, I don't that kind of take it down on second watch. Yeah. Uh, we meet uh, a young boy who's uh, part of the cult, and it's the boy from the Lodgers. Did you watch the Lodgers? I've not watched it yet. Oh though. man, you should watch the Lodgers. Is that the one that was made to be on at Fright Fest? Yeah, and the Thursday we missed it because of the snow. Yeah. Yeah, and it's oh, yeah. and it's and it's gotten that we missed it because it is it is pretty damn fine, honestly. That's that should be really? an episode in the future. That one. In fact, I may go back and watch that again. That is a good film. Unlike it's this, it's on Netflix just now. It is on Netflix just now. Yes. Yeah. Mm. Um, add that to my list yeah so he meets uh, the young boy who's called Jeremy and then he puts his trust in wee Jeremy pretty quickly like he instantly just tells Jeremy I am I'm here to try and find my sister and get her back like he like he just assumes that he's not going to grass him in I think it's only because he knows Jeremy's fucking one of the main guy's uh, daughter the really good looking young lassie but I don't know what age she is so I can't actually say that <laughs> Uh, because in, at night when the, the Thomas Richardson character is walking, uh, trying to follow Michael Sheen, see where he goes, he bumps into the the wee lassie after she's been banging the boy in the old the old wooden boat. Right. So I think he's then got he's got an upper hand right. that he, he can tell him, and there's nothing he can do because uh, obviously the main guy can just go to Michael Sheen. By the way, he's banging your pal's daughter. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> um, the language in this movie is quite. Difficult to understand at the time. I'm assuming this is a direct quote. You boy are in my charge and shall hold fast the purpose of my being here. Do you understand? Uh, no, no, really, mate. <laughs> <laughs> I am still confused. Yeah. Uh, I've got another note that says, I swear people are making the sheep noises in this film. <laughs> <laughs> and now I can just picture the bars doing it. <laughs> <laughs> honestly, honestly, you should watch it. If you watch it back a, a third time... Whenever an animal makes a noise, I am positive that it's a, that it's a person dubbing it over. I don't know why they haven't recorded actual animal noises, but it is people making the noise, I swear to God. <laughs> this, this this village that they've got, the homestead or whatever, it, it looks like it's freezing. Like, absolutely freezing. Like, it's like, it is like a Scottish island in the middle of winter. But it's... they've got, People have got clothes out in the, the, shop, uh, the washing lines. It's way too cold to dry your clothes outside. And how did folk actually back then clean their clothes back in the day? Did they just go stinking for the whole of winter? Or did they, like, put them over fires? But then what if you set your clothes on fire? Then you're surely mere fuck. Uh, I don't know what you're asking me. How did they dry them or how did they wash them? Uh, both. No, wash them's fine. You wash them in water, that's simple. But how do you dry them? Eh, I don't know. Maybe just hang them up in the room when the fire's on. Because then you've got you to... don't put them on the fire. Then they've got to be stinking of smoke. And see, like, see if you've ever been kicking about like next to a fire, like you've been out like partying on the beach or at a barbecue or something. The next day, your clothes are stinking of fire. That's if there's one thing that just makes me feel sick when I've got a hangover is stinking of smoke. It's got this constant points throughout this film that they're all like washing each other in their own dirty blood. Like, there's totally bad aids rife through this <laughs> through this island. <laughs> I think they'll be all right. You smell a bit of smoke. <laughs> I suppose. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, right, so the the something happens and they all like all the new boys get lined up because they think there's a there's a traitor in the mist and uh, they get have to recite the scriptures, um, uh, and then they go along the line and you think oh how's our guy going to get out of this because obviously he's not been going to the church meeting so he doesn't know the scriptures, uh, and then he was fair lucky that there actually was another traitor in the ranks and he got away with that. Yeah, the guy that then pulls out the little flick knife. That's quite a tense scene. Yeah. They build that up quite nicely. Yeah. And he says, for king and country, and tries to stab Michael Sheen. Probably because he also thinks he could get Kate Beckinsale. <laughs> take Michael Sheen out of the game. And then that, that bit's cool where they, the guards come in and just fucking spear him for all angles. Yeah, I quite like Aye, that, that was, was cool. kind of cool. Yeah. 
Does he not do something? Does he not like attack him or something? He tries to he tries to get the knife off him, and the guy then slits or like stabs our main character in the arm, and then he gets speared. Right. So then Michael Sheen is looking at our main guy like, "Oh, you fucking you saved me there. You're definitely one of the good guys." So I'm not even going to follow up this investigation. Yeah. which is literally just coming to your feet. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, right. My next note is pervert toilets, but I don't know why. Uh, the little the little girl. Who is, so this island is started by the three guys Michael Sheen, Scottish man and Bad Bastard yeah. uh, Bad Bastard's daughter is fucking the little weird guy from The Lodgers yep. and then she ends up pregnant so she, at that point she's in the toilet like looking at her vagina in a mirror I don't know if she's trying to see a baby <laughs> well, that's, right, that's, my next, <laughs> that's my next note what's she looking for, the head of a baby or have I missed a very <laughs> part of human biology <laughs> Well, it was early nineteen early nineteen hundreds. Maybe that's how people uh, search for babies. Yeah. Uh, and obviously, her dad's then watching her because he's like, "Oh, somebody's defiled my daughter. That's it. There's definitely an imposter. I'm going to fucking garage yeah. now." Now, uh, the next part here, somebody's a prisoner. Now, is it a main character or is it somebody else? The somebody's tied up, and there's hundreds of wee wains like poking him with sticks and. That's that's his sister, who he's there to save. Jeez. Scott, is this one of those movies that you've not actually watched? No, I did watch it, but it really didn't get me enough. <laughs> but anyway, whoever <laughs> whoever was getting poked with the sticks, I'd be like, oh, how much I would just want to stab all those little fuckers, man, poke me with a stick. <laughs> just looked like I wanted to kill every single one of the wings. I know, that's... Because they, they still know there's an imposter there, they've brought her out to try and... Like basically, she's she's going to get killed if you don't show yourself. And they just they assume that the imposter is there because of her. Like that's that. There's no correlation that says that, is there? They just assume because that's the only. No, they they sent the ransom letter yeah. with a like a kind of invite to the island, oh, yeah. which was marked. That's right. And then obviously at the start, he swapped the marked invite. So the other guy who he swapped it with, which was actually a really fucking dick move for our main character, because yeah. that other guy get absolutely slaughtered yeah they know it's some relation or someone there to save her that will have the ransom so they're trying to lure her out the other girl in this did you recognise her uh I don't think so she uh, was the girl who gets killed in the black coat's daughter uh maybe the kind of hot British lassie who's actually a very good actress yeah. I like her I can't remember her name though yeah that's how good she is <laughs> <laughs> I don't know her name, but she is good. <laughs> <laughs> this this film is really trying to be the Wicker Man, isn't it? Yeah. But it's not even uh, nearly as creepy. Or as good. Are you talking about the Nick Cage remake of the Wicker Man or the original The original one, one but even the, even the Nick Cage remake. <laughs> <laughs> Nick Cage remake, remake is fucking amazing. <laughs> uh, it is. It's... It's as if it's trying to like modernise the Wicker Man in a way. But what I liked about this and also don't like about this is whereas the Wicker Man ends in this big kind of penultimate shock. So we've got like the witch as well, but it's a slow burn build up that this is actually this could happen in our past timeline, like in this reality. And it's a slow build up and it's made to just get kinda get you like make you feel terror and dread but then the witch does the same where it ends with this big thing and then after that you've just got to imagine what happens so it can be all this kind of fairy tale and shit whereas this movie then cranks up and actually shows you what would happen if uh, you then stayed on that island but does it though it, it, it tries to it tries to but it, it's, it's the wicker man if the director of the wicker man also directed Hostel and decided just to keep going with it. Rather, don't just set the Wicker Man on fire. Just let's now take him back out and let's fucking go for it. Aye, if, if the person wanted to make the Wicker Man but also wanted to make Hostel and he was getting feeding notes for John Carpenter and the idea of, right, show them show them violence or uh, insinuate violence but don't actually show it. Turn away. Scott, it's too early in the morning for you to try and fucking <laughs> trigger me with John Carpenter. Shit. 
It's taken me days this week to get over the, the nonsense that you were spouting a few days ago. I might have overreacted. I might have uh, spoken too soon. I started watching the thing again last night to try and give it a, a proper watch. I didn't have enough time to watch the whole thing, so I think I got about half me, halfway, three quarters of the way through. I think my biggest turn off before when I said I didn't like it is because all the dogs die at the start, and I was like, oh man. But they're not dogs, that they were aliens. They were dogs. Yeah, but now they're aliens, Aye. so they have to do But there's, when they when they again start shooting, the, the first dog that really starts like thinging them, and then the actual dog in real life gets it's terrified, and it gets sprayed with that water, and it's trying to get away and stuff. Oh man, I feel bad for the dogs. Anyway, back to this film. <laughs> I get I get thrown off every time our main character speaks. I don't feel that his voice suits his face. Does that make sense? Do you know what I mean? Yeah, my, my biggest gripe, even on first watch, my biggest gripe is I do not like the main guy. I don't... I don't rate his acting ability or style in this movie at all. It's so ham-fisted. He's so fucking annoying. Yeah, I, I agree. Yeah, I, I don't, I don't believe him in the role. There's, there's bits where it's as if he's meant to be like a, a junkie or something. As if he's on morphine or whatever it is he's taking for that vial. It never actually tells you. Yeah. Uh, well. He, he, he's kind of good at playing that, and there's other scenes where he is absolutely fine. There's not a fucking care in the world. He just flip flops between that too much. I, I, I don't. I think he's the weakest point in this. This film could be better if they cut off like half an hour of the runtime and replaced him. Yeah. Yep. So, so we're at the bit then. So the girls getting poked with sticks. You want to kill the veins? Yep. What's after that? Well, my next note is crawling through blood caves. Basically, then they're going to have a celebration, and all the other guys are telling Michael Sheen, "Why are we having a celebration? We've got no crops. They're like, we're having a celebration. We're going to eat what's left of the food. We're going to drink what's left of the drink. We're all going to be fucked." He's like, "I but it'll get the imposter to come out, and then we'll get the ransom, and it'll be fine." So they have this celebration, which looks like the Danoon Gallery, and then our main guy is. Up at the house, try to find basically what's going on. Try to find his daughter's a way to save his sister, and he's under the ground and blood caves is useful. So yeah, it's very much like the descent. These kind of scenes. Yeah. And then yeah, I I also feel there was elements of The Shining too with the old woman ghost that comes after him. Uh, Just in the way the scene was kind of done, the way she was walking towards him, not in the deception or the. The the, the 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 shooting technique just the terms the physical action of the of the, the characters right okay. and then i've got and the tree mask face guy what is going on he is the actual wicker man oh <laughs> made of wicker <laughs> yeah i actually should really check the imdb cast list and find out if he is put in as the wicker man because he's just a man with a wicker basket on his head <laughs> But I have no idea. Not. Did you not ask me after you watched this? I you you came up with something quite interesting about him. All right. Maybe it's someone else. maybe it's further in my notes. Yeah. I don't know. I'm sure you you asked if it was like a metaphor for something or if it was meant to symbolise something. I could have made that all up. Uh, no, it was probably me that said something very intelligent, but I don't remember it. My, my memories. <laughs> that's, <laughs> no, <laughs> that's where. That's why I think I've definitely made it up. I have no idea who he was or why he was there, but it's quite impressive because the whole movie before he appears, in no way does it indicate that there's going to be something that fucking weird and that strange in the second half of the movie. Yeah. Which I quite liked. So there's a scene where they've got someone and they're putting a brand on his back because he's fucked up. No, is it our main character that gets the brand? It's our main guy. He's he's in the, the kind of would it be cornfields? I don't know. He's in where all the reeds, all the dying plants uh-huh. with uh, the hot lassie from Black Coat's daughter, and he's she's seen his back, and he's got a big burnt cross on his back and loads of scars, and she's like, "Oh, what happened?" And then he tells you, and that's when it cuts to like you, you're seeing his eye, and you see a burning cross, and it's this big story about how he was they invaded Peking, they were at war with the Chinese somehow and or he was maybe doing missionary work and the the bad Chinese men caught him and 
on my cross at his back. And, it's and quite a good scene. They sh- yeah, they sh- well, it is, but that brand cross was way too big to make a full cross scar. I know how hard it is to make a clean brand from a semi-heartogram I've got in my arm. And that was tiny. <laughs> that should have fit it in my whole arm, but it didn't. That His back would not have stayed in the correct position to get a clean cross. Yeah. Uh, once again, I am annoyed by the guy's voice, as it seriously does not match his body or face, but his voice sounds exactly like Kane in the original Legacy of Kane game. I don't know if you ever played it for the first PlayStation the 2D version and that's exactly what he sounds like <laughs> the, that bit is they, they mess about with audio because they've took all our background noise and kind of put a bit of echo or something on it and all you can hear is just his voice clear as fuck yeah. recounting this story it's actually quite creepy but yeah it does sound like Legacy of Kane which is a fucking brilliant game yeah, it was really good well it was at the time I, I, I remember buying it online to try and replay it to see if it's good but See, when you play those old 2D games, it's, uh, it fucking frustrates me how slow they are. <laughs> they really are mega serious about kids out of marriage, eh? I think the, the dad of the the hot girl from Black Coat's Daughter who gets pregnant calls, says that she's having a that's, bastard that's, mongoloid abomination. That is different, Lassie. I fucking knew you hadn't watched this. <laughs> 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 the main Lassie gets pregnant is... A wee hot lassie, but the black coat's daughter is Michael Sheen's daughter who tries to help the the kidnapped lassie and just basically tries to help everyone. Right, right, okay, okay. She's she's there as a bit of a love interest. Right. Uh, okay. But yeah, the, the, yeah. Yeah. So I, so so the the wee hot lassie that's pregnant, then she gets called her her child gets called a bastard mongoloid abomination. <laughs> it's pretty harsh. <laughs> <laughs> There's a few bits in this that makes you think that the director of this thought, fuck it, I'm just going to insert as many Cannibal Corpse references <laughs> as I can. Because what was that one? Bastard Mongoloid what? Abomination. And there was also, later on, I will feed her the flesh of your womb. <laughs> I was like, we are now fully in a Cannibal Corpse song. <laughs> is that like the placenta or what? Uh, I don't actually know. Mm. Maybe it's just the, the, the full womb. How would you go about eating a womb? Uh, you would need to remove it, but I don't know if you can just like pull it out like a plastic bag. <laughs> I don't know if that's how it works. That's like the, li- that's like the lining of a <laughs> like the lining of a trespass jacket. <laughs> just pull it out. <laughs> if you want to check you're pregnant, just put a mirror up there, and when you're pregnant, the baby. Uh, just dates for nine months inside a trespass jacket, <laughs> which can then later be removed yeah. like a plastic bag. Yes. Biology with Scott and Lee. <laughs> um, so, the dad finds out that she's pregnant, or she finds out, I, yeah, she, he knows she's pregnant because he calls her the name, uh, and then he batters work at her. Uh, an honour killing, no way. That's what they do in some religions. They don't like what their daughter's done, they just kill her. Still happens to this uh-huh. day. Yep. But it's quite that scene is also quite good because you don't you, you know he's raging and you know he's gonna do something, but when it cuts back and she's lying there stabbed to fuck on the floor, you think, Whoa fucking heavy mate. No, again, right, so that's the thing, it cuts back and she's stabbed to fuck. See this is the thing, it's two thousand eighteen, I don't need the whole turn the camera away and let my imagination do the, the stabbing. I, I want to see the stabbing. They can make brutal, brutal scenes that have a lot more impact than the old-fashioned ones from the 70s where they don't show you and just let you make up your own mind. I need to see it. Like I can I can handle it. I can deal with it. Show me it straight up. And I'll go, oh, that's fucking brutal, man. I, I don't want to be like, oh, my imagination says she was stabbed 16 times and oh, it was pretty harsh. <laughs> and I dance away to the fucking sunset. You've literally just bitched and moaned about the thing killing off dogs, which you can kind of see in the movie, and now you want full frontal view of a, a pregnant like 50-year-old lassie getting stabbed to fuck by an angry dad. <laughs> you, know, you, can, you can make anything sound bad, can't you? <laughs> if, if the thing upsets you so much because they kill some fake dogs... And then this upsets you because you don't get to see the fifteen-year-old lassie getting her womb stabbed to fuck. You, you've got you've got to have a balance. Because I, I love I love my wee dog. <laughs> but you don't love your you don't love your fifteen-year-old uh, <laughs> pig. <pregnant lassie. laughs> no, I'll honour kill her, man. 
can't be dealing with that shit. Right, um, <laughs> we should point out that Scott does not have a daughter and will not <laughs> commit any <laughs> Um So then the wee boy from the, the lodgers comes back, finds his bird killed and realises the dad's done it and then goes into a fight with the dad. He manages to kind of get the better of him or stab him. Um, but then the dad bursts out into the street and starts screaming that the, the lodger's boy has killed the daughter and tried to kill him. Now, see these old-timey religious folk? They are terrifying. It's just like back in like witch trial days. You just shout loud enough and you can kill whoever you want in the name of God and of justice. Like if you, you just, there's no trial, there's no even question like what's happened in that, that room. There's no even asking the boy what happened and he could say, well, that guy's much bigger than me. There's no way that I could have you know, done all that when he was in that room. He is like, I've tried to stab him because I'm raging that he's killed his daughter. He was going to put fuck at me, but he's ran out to make it look as if he's pretty good. Nobody's even asked him. He's not even in a trial. It's just the dad's just screamed and shouted it, and everyone's like, all right, bro, that's it. Kill him. Let's, let's go. Uh, because he's in a kind of position of power, he's like a. If we used Catholicism, he would be like a bishop. Kind of thing where they mean bishops. He's right, yeah, he's one of the three. He's one of the three main guys. Yeah. Uh, they're going to believe him over a silly young boy. I, That's still today. Religious, religious people are fucking terrifying. I know. Fuck religion. Yeah, man. absolutely. <laughs> um, so they take the boy and put him on this kind of medieval torture rack. Yep, they call it the Heathen Stand. The Heathen Stand. Which is also the name, should be the name of a cannibal court. <laughs> <laughs> now, what they do is... Now, this is only... Now, what is it? There's two? Is there only two um, of the guys that's here at this point? Because uh, it's it's uh, Raging Dad. Is that is Andy Serkis? Is he there? Uh, he is there, and the, the Scottish guy, the, the third brother, uh, he's trying to escape. With the wee boy for the oh, yeah. Aye, sorry, he's trying, to, he's trying to load up the boat just now to escape, because he's the dad of the boy who's currently strapped to the heathen stand. Yeah. So, nope. Tell a lie, Michael Sheen isn't there. He's not there. It's just the main. It's the main guy and the rest of the villagers. Michael Sheen comes just after it's happened, along with the, the Scottish stuff. The dad, and and that's that's kind of the point, I suppose, isn't it? About like me saying there's no um, there's no like justice or or trial. Like the guy just literally just shouts, he was he's responsible for killing my daughter. I'm putting him on the rack. Everybody come and witness it, and that's there's no nothing. And that's when Andy Serkis comes back, and he's like, there's no Satan, maybe like. Away, f- away for the rest of the years and says like you should have waited like why did you rush through this procedure yeah like it was just, it's a witch hunt it is just yeah I say I say he's a witch you say he's not well fuck it I'm bigger I'm stronger I'm right yeah now this this machine um is basically it's like a big corkscrew that they just screw into the top of his head mhm now, I feel like the effects for the gore in this film could have been done way, way better and had way more effect. That's just exactly what I was saying about before. They could have showed you it. Basically, what they do is they show you the screw getting close and close to the guy's head and then he cuts back and it's already been done. You know, like, I'd rather like see his face as his brains get like, screwed into, you know? Like, fucking like... like. Oh, aye, but I'll, I'll start fucking greeting if you kill a big, cuddly, fake dog. Yes, that, that is completely <laughs> fine and very normal as well, by the way, if you're looking at the human psyche. Uh, I thought that this scene was done quite well. The with the way the screw cracks the skull before it cuts away, and then when it comes back out his head and it's all kind of covered in blood and like the hair stuck to it. There's something, something really unsettling in all movies I watch. See if I see like blood and there's just clumps of hair stuck to it. it it's way too gritty and real. Like, I fucking love it, but it always gets me. So actually, I quite liked how this scene was done. I I, I do if if they make that's the one thing like at the afterwards the the, the look of the blood and stuff that did look realistic, like the aftermath yeah. of it so that was kind of alright I suppose. Uh, the tree mask guy comes back again, and he sounds like the uh, the shit hormone monster from Big Mouth. I don't know if you realise that. <laughs> I didn't. Like, but no, I, I can like, kind of like, get it now. Yeah, and I was I, I don't even know if I could even do it. What was it saying? Yeah. Yeah, well, no, nah, I can't do it. I was quite—I was trying to practice it the other week there, but it doesn't, doesn't work. Try it. Yeah, let me try Show you like, show you like a slap on the tits. <laughs> <laughs> Whatever you do, you baby. 
That's it. That last yeah. bit, you, you got yeah. it. <laughs> I should practice these accents a lot more before I come to record so that I've, I've got them. Started to try and practice them on the spot. Scott, you should watch your fucking movies before you come to record. How <laughs> about you start off with that rather than sitting who's practicing fucking accents? I can't do everything, man. <laughs> well, just watch a movie. <laughs> let, let, that be, let that be the thing that you do. Right, okay, right, I promise next next week, next episodes, I'll watch the movie more than once, right? I promise you. Right, um, no, just, watch it, just watch it once. Is that enough? <laughs> In fact, see this, where did you, did you watch it? On your phone again? Uh, I watched iPad. iPad. Right. What you there's a lot of dark scenes in this. So I'm surprised you've not. That's that's about any yeah no that's thing. that's what you said to me at the time when when I watched it. You said you, you I should watch it again on a big screen because there's a lot more to it. And I was like, oh, kind of bored. <laughs> <laughs> Brilliant, thanks. <laughs> <laughs> no, that was that's not a reflection of you or this podcast. It's a reflection of how boring I found this movie. I think it's a reflection on all of those things. <laughs> Uh, but yeah I quite like that scene uh, it was done quite well and it it's a totally different movie than the first half of the movie kind of leads you to believe like what, what sorry it's a totally different movie than the first half of the movie leads you to believe it is I fucking sound like I'm actually on this in this movie this ham-fisted language <laughs> like it, it feels so tense and suspenseful and a slow burn and then it just it just crosses into hostile human centipede territory, but not, not as good. It and, but not, but I, I on rewatch the definitely not as good. But also, to the director's credit, there's a lot of movies that are maybe they're doing too much to try and please so many people. Like they put in a wee bit. I don't know how to explain it. They put in a, a wee bit of gore for the gore hounds. They put a wee bit of mystery in for the mystery fans. They put a wee bit of tension in for the thriller fans. Whereas this is as if it's just the director going, I'm going to build up this suspense, make it tense as fuck, and then do you know what? I'm going all out. I'm going blood gore splatterfest. If you don't like it, fucking tough, but that's what's happening. I like that he has actually just stuck to his guns and done it. Yeah. Albeit not the best, like I think if the movie was half an hour shorter and they replaced the main character, I think we'd have totally different opinions. And if one of us had actually watched the fucking <laughs> thing, we'd have totally different opinions of the film than we we currently do. Yeah. Okay. Now see how it ends. Now, he just my last note is now he, so he's the tree person and life continues on as was. Uh, it's like he finds he finds the, the mother nature witch whatever she's meant to be uh, she refers to him as her son and then he kills her, he sets her on fire and then yeah, he becomes like one with the land as if he's a new deity that they're going to pray to but I don't I don't. I don't get it. The the ending's very ambiguous. So I. Yeah, so I it kind of. It kind of. I guess. I suppose at the end. The end actually shows you that they're. They are actually praying to something. They've not just like fucked off the island to be, you know, mad shaggers. They're actually. Aye. Yeah, and he is. He is the. He is the apostle. Yeah. Pretty much. Yeah. It was spoon fed to. Is that? It's in the title. Yeah. <laughs> we should have fucking known it. We should have known it. <laughs> Do you get any anything more for it? No, I've just got my my final my final summary. What is your final summary? After a second watch, in fact, I'm not going to read it because I know this this is my opinion. Uh, although it is shot brilliantly, like the opening scene and when you find the village, like the kind of drone shot over the hill, all of them are stunning, and it's got a few striking scenes when the, the wee lassie's been stabbed to fuck, uh, or when they've actually caught. Germany, Germany. What the <laughs> fuck kind of name is Germany? <laughs> uh, when they've caught Jeremy and they're like, kind of lifting him as if he's crowd surfing through the the reed field, those are really striking scenes. The heathen stand thing as well. I actually thought that was quite well done, but I don't know. After watching it twice, I don't know how soon I would go back and rewatch it, and I don't know if I would get anything more from a rewatch. Uh, I think it would just the first thing I, I caught up in hype I thought oh, that's a really good movie I enjoyed that second watch I was like oh it's actually 
it's kind of full of holes and I think if I went back to it I would then I'd find more stuff that annoyed me about it so for that I'm going to give it a 6 out of 10 but it's between a 5 and a 6 it's a good movie I think it's worth a watch once but I, I don't think I'd be buying it in DVD I don't think I'd be revisiting it in a few years I just think it's I've, I've seen it and that's it yeah, I found it. Uh, I thought it was a bit underwhelming. I thought the gore could have been more impactful if done better. I've seen movies with smaller budgets do it better. I don't really have a lot to say about it. All in all, it was okay, not groundbreaking, and I gave it six three people out of ten. Six three people out of ten. Hmm. That's it. So both these gave it a six. Yeah. I think we're, we're too fear now to really rate things. We've been sixes and sevens for the past few weeks. You need, but you need stuff that's that's going to be that really blows you away to get 10s. You can't just be throwing 10s about, you know? The way you do it, you just fucking... <laughs> you just throw the first number that comes to your head. Uh, I absolutely hated it. Eight. <laughs> Eight out of ten. <laughs> it's, been, it's been a long time since I've, since I've gave out a, a one like that. Uh, I, I did... I, think, I thought this movie was good, and if you've got two and a bit hours to spare, then why not... I think the runtime's got a lot to do with it. It drags out too much. You could easily cut off a lot of that, uh, and it brings it down. But this was my pick, and I only picked it because when we were discussing what to pick, I was like, right, I really want an excuse to sit down and properly concentrate on this. Like, do what we should be doing for the podcast, yeah, not yeah. what you're doing. Watch it on the iPad in 15-minute segments when I'm having a shit. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so... Yeah, that was Apostle. What up, fuckers? It's Bam Margera here from Jackass and Viva La Bam, and you are listening to Scott and Liam vs. Evil. On Scott and Liam vs. Strange News, which I have just titled this segment, which next week I'll entitle it something else, a porcupine has been ejected from a kitchen of a bar in Alaska. Okay. I want, I want you to ask me why. Why? Because he was shooting up in the toilets. Ha! <laughs> Cosy needles and that. Come on. Come on. That's shame. Come on. (laughs) (laughs) Workers at an Alaska bar ejected a porcupine that wandered in through a back door and the incident was captured on camera. The video shows a porcupine wandering into Louis Douglas Inn on Douglas Island while the filmer falls from a short distance and calls for employees inside the establishment to come and help. A worker wielding a broom soon appears and uses the tool to usher the porcupine back outside the eatery. The man guides the porcupine out of the street as the animal appears to want to get around him and back inside the bar. Uh, and the worker says, We accidentally left the pub's back door open and this chubby porcupine decided he'd come on inside. That is a, a heartwarming story of a porcupine that just wants a pint. And I don't... For once, I don't understand why this is a news story. Because that is literally it. Two, why didn't they just let the porcupine come in? He's not going to do anything. Yeah, I know. I think it'd be actually quite good. I'd actually quite like to be in the pub if there was a wee porcupine just kind of put. I know. Imagine sharing a pint with a porcupine. He's going to constantly yeah. try to get you in the toilets to shoot up because he's got needles. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, it could be quite fun. Yeah. <laughs> really, that, that news story was just shoehorned in there so I could make the needle joke, <laughs> which fell on fucking deaf ears. I, didn't, I honestly didn't but, get it. I was like, how, I was like how, does it, how does that even work? I was like, how does he do it? <laughs> It was fully over oh, my head. They've, they've got veins, they've got needles. Junky porcupines. <laughs> it works. It do, yeah. It it's, the, it's the new Pixar cartoon. Junky porcupines. Junky porcupines, it's just an old tower block and fucking Mullerwell UV lights and just strung out porcupines. <laughs> it's a really haunting tale. Yeah. Hopefully there's a, a uh, upfront graphic uh, violence, otherwise I'm not in here. <laughs> but no, you can't kill any of the junkie porcupines, because, <laughs> oh, God, God forbid. So, have you watched anything this week? I have... I've been trying to get through Sabrina, the chilling adventures of Sabrina, and I can't... It's really just really not grabbing me at all. I'm enjoying it. I really can't, like, like do you know it. the way that I, I wasn't... I wasn't sucked into the haunting of Hill House, and it took me a while to get through. I found some of the episodes quite long to get through. Well, I managed to get through that whole 10, uh, 10 episode series and get to the end and enjoy parts of it. But I'm just not, I'm just not getting Sabrina at all. I think 
I think it's aimed at, now, a lot of people are like this who are all different ages, but I think it's aimed mainly at teenage feminists and high school feminists, which is fine. You know, that's a, that's a good demographic right now because everybody's me too, you know, so it is, it is like there and current and topical, but I just, I can't relate to, you know, starting. And this whole thing where the, like, the lassies started uh, WICA because it stands for Women Against Footballers Want to See Your Tits or something like that. But it's, how can that be the same? <laughs> <laughs> how can that be? Like, do they, they, they know that WICA, like, WICA's witches, don't they? Like, that's, Aye. so that's just too daft for me. Like, it, to me, it just, I'm like, fuck off. And the last that plays Sabrina annoys the absolute fuck at me because she just seems so pretentious and so sure of herself. And I'm like, oh, fuck off, and you're 16 years old. Beat it. And it's like, it reminds me of season, season one of Stranger Things come on the telly. We're on Netflix. Aye. And I watched it and I thought, that was fucking amazing. These kids are great actors. I am well impressed. And then season two came on. And for the, the very reasons why I loved season one, I hated season two. See, when the actors get too sure of themselves, i seen a, like a behind-the-scenes kind of interview with uh, the wee lassie and the wee boy, um, Millie Bobby Brown and Finn Wolfhard, and the two of them are just sitting there talking about cultural topical issues as if they're like 40 years older. I'm like, fuck off the bothies. Beat it. Fucking beat it. Go play your Nintendos and go and drink behind the fucking schools. Get a bottle of vodka and a bottle of juice and take two swigs each at once. Go and fucking be Wayne. Stop being so fucking... Oh, do you know what I mean? <laughs> they just annoyed me so much. <laughs> And then you just say, remember, remember when, when the sheriff made the speech about uh, Trump, at, like the, the Emmys or whatever it was they won, and everybody thought it was great, and Winona Ryder was like making those weird daft faces behind her, but the the Waynes were like, like like getting dead excited when he was making his speech as if they understood politics. Fuck off. You're 14 years old. Fuck off. <laughs> so that's that's why I hate Sabrina as well. Even though that lassie that plays her is like 24 years old, but she just she just annoys me. <laughs> the lassie that plays her is 19 and she is a... <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> I really also in the Black Coat's daughter. Uh, Another movie I, that I, I get. <laughs> I think you just hate all movies. Baby. I think you're, you're only hating them because you fucking watch forty five percent of them. <laughs> Finish a movie, then fucking come back and say you don't like it. Uh, Sabrina is, de- is definitely aimed at the teen audience, but so was Sabrina. Well, Sabrina the Teenage Witch was aimed to kind of teen, teen and younger, but that's what the comics were aimed for so it's based on that so they can't they can't just go oh here's Sabrina but let's make it fucking heavy and brutal and not touch on the fact that it was a kid's comic right but right do you think Buffy still stands up to an adult audience Uh, yeah if you watch Buffy at the time and you're an adult now then yeah I knew an adult watching Buffy knew, then definitely not. Right. Um, now, I, I liked Sabrina the Teenage Witch, but I was a teenager when that was on the telly. And I thought that was I thought it was good and fun. So then maybe I was just looking for a darker version of that. So far, I'm in episode four. She's not done any spells yet. Um, Salem doesn't talk. Uh, Aunt Zelda's a fucking bitch. And I feel bad Sorry. for Aunt Hilda, Sorry. who, by the way, Lucy... Is it Lucy Jones has been eating quite a lot of pies since she was in Shaun of the Dead, but <laughs> that's that's fine. I mean, that's that's her prerogative. That's completely fine. Uh, I think, to be fair, here, I think some of that is slightly enhanced for the character. I don't think it is. I think she's just fat as fuck. <laughs> because she's meant to be the kind of the fun, approachable, and and. On, in kids TV and stuff the, the fun approachable ones are always cuddly you know, chubby chubby yeah, yeah. Uh, I think she's brilliant in this oh she I, she's definitely brilliant in this actually yeah but she's such Zelda a bitch man is a bitch yeah I, I don't I don't I don't like her character at all although as you get further into it she becomes a bit more a bit more human do you start to realise why she's acted a certain way she's acted or something as you go further in uh huh it's, do you want to know what I don't like about it? It's very religion-centred. Even if the religion is Satanism they're trying to push in here or the Dark Lord or whatever, they're still pushing it as you can. You need to make one choice and you need to stick with it. You need to, and This needs to be the only belief system you have. But also, um, it's this whole like part of... like the whole That whole episode where she goes to the baptism and then changes her mind, it's fully like... Basically, just saying a woman can change her mind during sex if she wants to, then say no, which is which of course she can, but it just seems as if it's just very like, okay, we're making Sabrina the, the chilling adventures of Sabrina, but how can we make it about what's happening in the world just now? You know, the, the Archie comics that she was in is from like fucking the 80s or earlier, so 
they're not obviously take they're not taking reference for for episodes. They're writing the episodes around uh-huh. current topics, you know, and it just feels as if it's kind of forced down my throat. Not that that sounds like I'm being very anti-feminist and anti like LGBT Which? and stuff like that because <laughs> people say, "Oh, do what you want, just don't force them." I thought that's not me at all. I'm not that at all. But just in terms of the, it just feels as if you know, if I wanted to watch like a like a movie about women's rights and the the right to consent and and all the rest of the stuff like that, which I fully fully agree with, I'd really really do. I would watch a TV show that's that's about that. Don't sell me a witch program under the like tell me under the guise of a witch program. But also, uh, if you noticed that the actual Satanists are not happy and suing uh, Sabrina Teenage Witch because of the false representation they give of Satanism and the use of the Baphomet statue, which is copyrighted under the Satanic Temple. Really? Yeah. I don't know. I don't know what was copyrighted. I, I would understand why they're they're maybe kicking up a, a smell about it, but at the same time, there are there are bits in Sabrina about Satanism that is actually what the Lodge is about. That it is meant to be free will. That it's not evil. You you have the you are entitled to do what you want. If you want to be evil, then fucking be evil. If you want to be good, then be good. It's actually quite a kind of positive religion yeah. if you followed it right because it is like do you know what if you want to be a good person go and fucking do good stuff do what you want you don't need you don't need somebody you don't need a big fucking deity to tell me to, to tell you what you can and can't do yeah. just be a person obviously some folk choose to be dark they choose to be evil so I and Sabrina it does actually convey that quite a bit so I don't know if they've got any grounds to say oh this is a, a total fucking slander on the religion and also at the end of the day it's about free will so see if somebody wants to fucking slander it then so be it it's free will that's what the religion promotes so if somebody wants to say bad things about it then there's fuck up you can't get butthurt about it well they have and we have to get butthurt about it because after I seen they were suing it I went on and followed the satanic temple and the the grey chapter of the satanic temple on twitter so technically I've signed us up to be satanists so we, we need to be butthurt against it so just so you know I went to Alistair Crowley's house and, to be honest. So you're you're basically you're basically like, you're basically like a, a high priest then. Yeah, and I I, I thoroughly enjoyed Sabrina. <laughs> I thought it was very well done. Uh, I, I like that there's a couple of like the auntie and the guy who plays the the high priest. He's the Welsh guy from I think it was called Coupling. Right, yeah. Okay, kind of old British comedy. I like that these guys are kind of appearing in it. I've not seen them in a while. I'm enjoying that. The and reason the... Salem doesn't talk, I think, is because they've introduced this Ambrose character, which I, do, I get your point that, that he's he's a gay character. That there's no reason for him to be gay or not be gay. Yeah. There's a couple of scenes like later on where it does feel like they've just thrown it in to be supportive of gay rights yeah. which is absolutely fine yeah. but it is that there are, there are a few wee bits that you do think do you know what see we just left it out like if if it, if a scene calls for it let it happen that's fine if if he's going to be gay in that scene brilliant if it progresses the story but it shouldn't slow down the it shouldn't slow down the episodes by going right now let's have a let's have a five or ten minute segment of this that doesn't actually have to be there yeah. it is just to to cover all bases. I get why they're doing it, and I also get why it's annoying, but I'm I'm enjoying it. I think it, the way it's shot is nice. It's got a good aesthetic. It's much like Buffy, so you can kind of think back to your teen years and go, do you know what? If I was, if I was fucking growing up it and watching this, I'd love it. Especially young young lassies watching this. It tells them a lot. It, it's really good for them. Yeah, I know. I, so, that's that's it. I can totally see that, and I can totally understand that. But I am not a fifteen-year-old girl, so it's like totally. I don't care, and I don't, and I don't, <laughs> and I don't. <laughs> Get out of here! <laughs> but uh, also, uh, just like you were saying, that's a really good point. If they had made, if they made the Ambrose character just Salem's voice, that would be great because the character's not bad. He's actually quite funny and good to listen to. So that was just Salem's voice. I'd have been, I'd have been like totally on board with it. But because Salem doesn't speak, I'm like, what's the fucking point of Salem? Then she doesn't speak. But and he's, she's only going to take him to school. I know that in, uh, Sabrina Teenage Witch, he never left the house, but at least he spoke, so he was funny and she could give her advice. And he was quite sassy. Um, but, but did he not? Did he not leave the house because he was bound to the house? 
as a punishment, and that's what Ambrose is. So it's like Ambrose is a Salem character, but obviously she's still got to have a familiar, which is then the cat. It's like the cat and Ambrose are combined Salem from the original, or the, so the TV series. Yeah. Uh, but, but I've, been, you, I've been enjoying it I've been watching what, it. what you said there about it being shot beautifully I don't really think it is see the, certainly the beginnings when you, you've seen the witches and it would be like the person that you're focused on would be in, in focus and everything else around about it would be blurry it made me feel as if mm. I was drunk it just made me feel motion sickness every time I was like what is that? what is wrong with that camera shot what, is, what are they doing why do they think that was a good idea I, I like that because it's, it's only when you're around the house it's only when you're in the kind of magical realm it goes like that as if it's a wee bit kind of dreamy, as if it's it's just to basically differentiate it from reality. I quite like it, I think it's quite a clever concept. It's original, because mm. I've never seen that done before. I've seen it done every time I come in for the pub and try to watch something, I've seen it done. <laughs> every time you just fucking try and watch something, <laughs> you don't need to be in for the pub. Uh, but yeah, anyway, Sabrina, for me, it's worth checking out. For Scott, maybe not so much. Uh, see how I was really against Haunting the Hill House after the first two episodes I was like I'm not interested, I'm not watching anymore I flip flopped because that's what I do, watched episode 3 get more into it, watched episode 4 started to enjoy it episode 5, alright I'm I'm in with this Uh, I'm now on episode 9 and I am actually really enjoying it, I'm I'm caught up in the story. I'm kind of engaged in the characters. The main guy's acting. Uh, Steve, his acting, I'm still not keen on at all. I don't know if it's meant to use for the character or if he is just shit. But the rest of them, I'm coming on board with it. I'm liking the ghost in the background. The jump scare in episode 8 didn't get me, but it was well done. Is that the one in the car? Yeah. Aye, that fully uh, got me, man. The one that got me and Lena could they sleep <laughs> like she was up throughout the night was the spoiler warning episode 4 where the the, the bowler hat man mm-hmm. first appeared just that scene even me watching I was like that's that's fucking that's quite creepy that's because it's human but not quite human yeah uh, a bit like the like the last at the end of Wreck when it's it's a human form, but there's just something off with it that that actually it, it creeps me out. So I enjoyed that, and it's good. Do you know who the dad is? Like, see the the dad, the young version of the dad. Uh-huh. Do you know who that actor is? I will remember as soon as you tell me. Elliot from ET. Fucking <laughs> hell, so it is. Wow. Uh, it was Lena pointed out last night. I mean, fucking, it's like, his face looks so familiar. But I don't actually like his acting. But that makes sense because he's the boy for E.T. So even if he can't act, you're still going to cast him because he's the boy for E.T. Has he done nothing else since E.T.? I have no idea. I've not even, I've not even Googled it. Because that's quite a big jump because kid actors just get the jobs anyway. They don't they don't like study or train or anything. They just get the jobs. And then so if they're good enough, they get to continue to be actors like David Platt for Coronation Street. But and if they don't do anything for their whole year, like Alex Vincent for Child's Play, he, does, he just goes to conventions now because he's a shy actor. I'm sure he's a nice guy. I honestly think you have dropped Coronation Street into every episode <laughs> from about episode 40 to now. Do you even watch Coronation Street? Yeah, every day. It's fucking weird, man. <laughs> uh, I am trying to find Elliot from E.T. He's actually been in a lot of stuff. Really? Uh, yeah, a lot of TV movies, a lot of... Right. Nothing absolutely, yeah, nothing absolutely massive until it gets to Ouija, Origin of Evil, right. uh, and he was also in Gerald's game. So he's another one, obviously. Mickey of, Flanagan's. Uh, Mike Flanagan's. Yeah. yeah. No, Mickey Flanagan. Mike he's called, Flanagan. He's called <laughs> Mickey Flanagan. Yeah. He's going out, out, you know? Out, out. No, he's going out. He's going out, out. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so uh, he's one of Mike Flanagan's kind of go-to guys he was also in Legends of the Fall I've not seen that movie in fucking years Legends that was a good Fall. film Brad Pitt wasn't it? yeah I like that film so yeah that's Haunting Hill House I've actually I've came round I've flip-flopped and I am enjoying it yeah that's it for episode 78 uh, we will be back next week with Scott's Pick 
Okay, babies, that's cool. I'm going to... Okay. No, I'm not going to try that because that was. No, that actually, the, the start of that worked there. The start of worked, and then I went like, I went like Italian hormone monster or something. Okay, okay, okay. No, I can't do it. I don't know. I've lost it. Alexa, no, you're you're getting it. The start bit's good. I'll cut all the, the middle bits. Out. I was just going to try and like, good. I was just going to try and do like a couple of sentences that would just like to finish it and say goodbye. But no. okay, okay. Hey. No, I'm putting in a daft like Italian accent for. I don't know what you said in Italian. If anything, I got offensive to Italian. Show you, show you, show you like. No, fucking hell. Show you like it. Slap on the tits. How did it? How did it? No, I can't do it. I'm not even going to get it. <laughs> it's not happening. <laughs> uh, I guess. I think that's how she ended. We should keep all that in. Thank you. Yes, that's my terrible, terrible attempt at the hormone monster from Big Mouth. So yes. Everybody laugh at my failed attempts. See you later. See you next week. (laughs) 